The Gospel according to Luke, we begin reading at the second chapter, the eighth verse of that chapter. And in that region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall come to all the people, or to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Amen. The scene was set, God had prepared the way, every detail had been taken care of. God by his spirit had been working in the pondering hearts of people. And then at the precise second chosen by God and the one for which he had prepared, God sent forth his son born of a woman. And to make known that message throughout the world, God sent an angel, an angel proclaiming the good news that Jesus Christ is born. Now, as you study the particular incidents about the nativity, one of the things that strikes you is that only the angel was the one that thought the news good. You realize that? Only the angel thought the news good. The shepherds didn't. No, the shepherds accepted the news with fear. According to the old King James Version, they were sore afraid. Herod didn't accept it as good news. It was bad news for Herod. He was troubled, says the gospel, and all Jerusalem with him. It was searching news for the wise men when they saw that star. It meant they had to go and pack their bags. It meant they had to go to work. It meant that they had to travel. Now, only the angel thought the news good that first Christmas. 
Many people didn't even think much about the news. They didn't think it was good nor bad. As John tells us in his prologue, the true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world, but the world knew him not. On this Sunday before Christmas, when we celebrate the gift of God's good news, I think we better try to help clarify this misunderstanding and confusion that seems to exist when God says the news is good and we don't hear it, or at least the goodness in it. I think this passage scripture of Dr. Luke's can help us because I think there we find three eternal principles concerning news, which you really, I think, have to understand if you're going to hear and know the good news. And the first principle is namely this, that news, be it good or be it bad, really does not affect us unless we are individually and personally involved. You think about that. This morning I've heard probably four newscasts since I awoke. And you know, if you were to press me, I don't think I could give you 25% of the contents that I heard. And the reason being, I was not personally or individually involved in any of the news making. Really, the only bad news I can remember hearing is that the Steelers lost last night. Yet there are people crying today, there are people visiting funeral homes today, there are people suffering, as well as people with the glow of happiness because of news that is individually and personally involving them. Let me use another illustration. We could hear the screaming sounds of the sirens of a fire truck passing outside, and not one of us would move. If, though, one of our parking attendants ran in here and made the interrupting announcement that a Ford automobile was on fire, every Ford owner in here would get up and go out there, and they wouldn't hear the rest of this sermon. If that announcement said that a green 72 Ford was on fire, there wouldn't be any more sermon. That would be my car on fire. <laughs> you see? News, be it good or be it bad, does not affect us unless we are individually or personally involved. That's a principle of life. You see, we do not have a group photograph of everybody that was a present around the manger. There was no sign-in register. We don't know how many pastors made a, a pastoral call on Mary and Joseph. We, we don't even know for sure, other than tradition, how many wise men appeared and if they even really made it to the manger. I'll tell you one thing, though. Far more people heard the news, and they were aware of it, than appeared at the manger that day or that night. I've stood on those shepherd hills with some of you, 
And every time I stand outside of Jerusalem on those shepherd's hills, the thing that amazes me is why did not more people respond to the singing of that great anthem? You know, that was not a boy soprano singing a solo that night. That was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. But according to the record, only the shepherds responded and went with haste to see this thing that the angel had told them about. Yes. You see, they felt personally involved. Why, we're not exactly sure, but it's the same thing this Christmas as the first Christmas. There are going to be people this year who really do not catch the spiritual significance of the birth of our Christ. No. And, and it's not because they have not heard the news. It's not because they don't believe in God. It is simply because what they hear being said from God's holy word does not at this time in their lives personally and individually involve them, so they think. Yes. So some people are going to miss the excitement, the thrill, the message of the good news this Christmas. But you say, well, what takes, what is necessary, what does it take to get me involved? The same thing that it took those people in that first Christmas. It's hard to say specifically, I think we can put it into general categories, the lonesomeness of a boring job. Yeah. The trouble that they have caused. And they see the handwriting on the wall. That's what caused Herod to hear the news. An emptiness that requires me to search. Oh, I don't care how much money I have and how many people think I'm king. But that emptiness, that longing, that desire to hop from one idea to another, hoping that we'll hop to the right idea, that's what makes people feel involved. Hurting, pain, physical and emotional, personal suffering tears that nobody sees except the pillow that feels them at night when you pour them out in the lonesomeness of your distress. That's what makes people get involved. That's what makes people hear the good news of the message. People who are hurting, people who are suffering, and there are people involved this year in the message of the good news who have never been involved in it in this dimension before because they're suffering. Second rule, if you feel involved, there's something you must remember. Don't be too quick to judge the news, good or bad. Don't be too hasty. 
Because, you see, good news seldom begins as good news. <laughs> as a matter of fact, good news usually begins as bad news. Yes, we've already pointed out, it was the good news of the gospel that was proclaimed that first day, but, but the shepherds heard it as bad news of fear. Herod heard it as bad news of, of a troubling nature. It was news that required searching and work on the part of the wise men. And that's the way good news comes. Usually, it begins with bad news. And, and when you think about it long enough, you begin to realize how else could it be other than that way. Because, you see, it's always bad news that makes for good news. It's just the same way as in God's firmament. The mountains are made high because the valleys are low. You see, there cannot be any good news of new health unless first you've had the bad news of poor health. Healthy people don't sit in the offices of physicians. Jesus tried to make this point clear when he says it, it's, not, it's not the well who need the physician, it's the sick. And we suffer from all types of sicknesses, not just physical illness. It's a principle of life that if there is no bad news, there can't be any good news. And this recurring theme, this dynamic, continues throughout the entire gospel and it no, is no better place displayed than in the whole meaning of the cross. The reason we can sing hallelujah on Easter morning is because there was the darkness of the bad Friday. The reason we can believe in a resurrection is because there is crucifixion. The reason that there is the glory of life everlasting is because there is the bad news of temporal death. We have Easter. The good news that Jesus Christ is not here, but he is alive and he's arisen. Because of the bad news which came from Golgotha Hill which said, He is dead. That's a dynamic of life. And if you are personally and individually involved in hearing things this Christmas that you've never heard before, all I can say is, do not be too quick to judge the news that you hear today as being good or as being bad. Because you see, and this is the third principle, news is made either good or bad by what we individually and personally believe. This is what so many people do not understand. It's not what you see, nor what you feel, nor what you've heard, but what you believe. That is what makes news good or bad. Take your cue from, from the shepherds. They went to see this thing that the angel said had happened. And they went across the hillside, and they saw Mary, and they saw Joseph. And there they saw a babe wrapped in 
swaddling claws lying in a manger. And ladies and gentlemen, that's all that they saw. They did not see the cross. The cross that was required for a savior. They didn't see the cross. The cross was still 30 years or 33 years in the future. They didn't see those beautiful symbols which are outlining our cross and which are a part of the seal of the United Presbyterian Church. No, no, they didn't see those seals of triumph because those seals yet were not born. Yet it says that they went back to their jobs rejoicing because of the things that they had seen because it had been told unto them. They rejoiced not in just seeing a little baby. They rejoiced because they believed. They believed the word of the angel, the word of the Lord, which said unto them, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. They couldn't see the grown-up six-foot-four Savior. They just saw a little baby, but they believed. They believed. And because they believed, they knew the Christmas gift of good news. And ladies and gentlemen, the point I'm trying to make is that I think God has been preparing a lot of us for this Christmas. He's been pondering our hearts. He's been preparing our ways. He has called us to new avenues of service. We don't know how we're going to do it. And some in this congregation today are really suffering and hurting a pain that medicine does not take away. And I'm saying to you, no matter what state you are in this morning or at this Christmas season, if you believe that God works for the good in all things, I don't care how you feel or what you're going through or the sorrow you're facing, if you believe that somehow, somewhere, God is preparing for you good news. You have the Christmas gift of good news. And at this Christmas time, you can say not only Merry Christmas, but at this day and every day from here on out, you can say even a more important saying, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord our God reigneth, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He reigns forever and ever and ever. Merry Christmas and hallelujah.
abide with you and give you the hallelujah joy now and forevermore. Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy.